Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. So who is to do the job? We. We must do the job. Ah. So, now let me read you Proverbs 11.30. It says, The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. We are wise when we win souls. Amen? Amen. Now we come to church. You are all here this morning. But why did we come? Did we come to get salvation, to be born again? No. We've all received Jesus already, right? So why did we come? We came to get equipped. Like, for example, if you go to school, when you send your children to school, you don't send them to school to serve the community. They go to school so that they can learn and get equipped to eventually serve the community. But their service to com the community is not going to school. That is their equipping, right? So our service for God is not coming to church. That is our equipping. And what are we being equipped to do? Being souls. You know, if you compare this life with the ocean, this is like one drop of water in the mighty ocean. That is how short our time is. In fact, the Bible says, for what is your life? It is but a vapor. It's here a little while and then it's gone. But that little brief period of time, we can make the decision that will affect all of eternity. Amen? Amen. So it is an important, our life is important, but eternity is going to be much, 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 much longer than this short, brief little life that is but a vapor. Amen? Amen. So we are here, we are here today to gain wisdom so that we can win souls. Amen? Because that is really the most important thing. Yeah, we'll get to that. But... 2 Timothy 1.12 says, For this reason also I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Do you know whom you have believed? Amen. And am persuaded. Are you persuaded? Yes. Amen. That he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. Now this is now where we come to church, because we need to know whom we have believed. We need to know him. What is it we actually believe? And where is our faith actually based? Is it because so-and-so said such and such, or is it because, like Jesus said, it is written? Where is your faith? Is it what somebody told you? Or have you opened this book? And have you seen it black on white? I, would, I want, must tell you, our faith needs to be built on the word of God. People come and people go. Don't let your faith come and your faith go with people. This abides forever. Amen? So that's why we must know the word of God. We must study to show ourselves approved unto God. 
workmen that do not need to be ashamed. Amen? Amen. This is our most important handbook. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. If you don't have time to read, if you like reading books and you don't have much time, this is the book to read. Amen. This is the book to Amen. read. In fact, for many, many great fathers of the faith, they read no other book but this one. You get everything in that. You get history, you get drama, you get love stories. You get everything in that book. Amen? Amen. But so today, I would like to speak about eternity. Eternity. So we talk about being saved, but what are we saved from? We are saved from hell. Amen? Amen. Is hell a real place? Yes. Many, many would say it's not. But in the Bible, uh, Jesus continually warns us of a place called hell. And there are 162 references in the New Testament to hell. And 70 of those times, it was Jesus Christ himself who warned of hell. So hell is a real place. I don't like to preach about hell, and we're not going to talk about hell, but we need to be aware that hell is a real place, yeah. and that there are only two destinations after this life, heaven or hell. Yeah. That's it. And that's not something I made up. That is what Jesus Christ has said and warned us of. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Matthew 7, 13 to 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Sometimes we Christians, we don't like to go out and speak to a stranger and be called narrow-minded because we say there is only one way. But it says narrow is the gate. So, so be it. Let's be narrowly minded because there is a narrow gate that we must go through. Yeah. Amen? And in John 14, 6, John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So that does not leave much choice, does it? One way, one name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Amen. Amen? Amen. Call it narrow-minded as much as you want, but that is God's way. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, in that broad is the way Jesus was saying that there are more people going to hell than there are going to heaven. That is a very, very sad reality. Amen? Do you know that hell was not designed for man? It was designed for the devil and his demons. But if we reject God's gift of life, that's where we're going. We, yeah. we will let, yeah. He will let us have our own way. If we do not want anything to do with him, he will let us go without. And without is in hell, and in hell there's no goodness, no love, no mercy, no light, no nothing, nothing, nothing good. Amen? So, in my, in my, 
sorry, Matthew 5, 29 and 30, Jesus said, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. So Jesus warned, warned us and even advised us to do drastic things to avoid being cast into hell. It's to go all out. Amen? Amen. So, of course he didn't mean for us to literally do those things, but we know those stumbling stones in our lives. Let's get rid of those stumbling stones. Amen? And let's go... So that whatever would cause us to go through the wide gate and the broad way, don't go there. Don't go there. Amen? Amen. So, oh, I want to reassure you. Of course, we are born again. We are saved. We are born again. And we will not be cast into hell. But right now, we are going to think about what it is like for people who do not know the Lord, who are just stumbling because they do not know the Lord. Amen? So, I want to say, many people, they think sin is not so bad. They think, ah, you know, so what if I smoke a little hashes here or there, get drunk once a week, or so what, what's the big deal? But picture this, picture a baby snake. You get a little baby snake and people warn you, you know, that one, that's a very dangerous, ah, it's just a baby, I can handle it. But slowly, slowly, it grows bigger and bigger. You keep playing with it yeah. until one day the rude awakening comes that that snake has grown so strong and so big and all of a sudden it turns on you and chokes you because you kept tolerating, compromising, tolerating. It's like that with sin. Mm. We, we need, like Jesus said, cut it off. Cut, cut it, it off. off yeah. Amen? Because even our fruitful life in this, mm. our fruitfulness in this life, can be cut off when we tolerate and compromise and think we can handle it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I just want to say, um, so obviously hell is not a place that anyone would want to go. It talks about being cast into. That means it is a force against our will. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, Jesus warned about hellfire, torment, unquenchable fire, everlasting fire, damnation of hell, chains of darkness, lake of fire, burning with brimstone. I looked up that word brimstone, and that's like sulfur, that when it burns, it becomes an acid. It smells like rotten eggs and burns with a blue light. And it becomes an air pollutant. In other words, it pollutes the air. And it ignites around 160 to 190 degrees. And it's the sulfur burning, but do you know water boils at 100. So almost double the heat of boiling water. Imagine what this acid, acidic substance will do to the body. But this, Jesus repeatedly warned, 162 times in the New Testament, 70 times by Jesus. He warned us, he warned us. It is not the will of God that any should perish, but that all should come to the to a knowledge of God that all should be saved. Amen. That's the heart of God. And 
as I said before, I don't want to preach hell. But John 9, 4 says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. We already uh, experienced even just the lockdown. When it was level five, we couldn't meet, we couldn't go out about freely. Uh, but we are living in a, the end of the times, and times are going to get darker. Right now it looks like, well, finally, thank you, things are getting better. So let's use that window yeah. of opportunity. Let's not like, be laid back and just float. Let's use it as a window of opportunity set before us. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so now I want to say this. All believers, we have been called to preach the gospel. Some mistakenly think, I don't, it's not my job. It's the preacher, it's the elders, it's those people who know better than me. But now supposing this, supposing you were in a tall building on fire, say an office building full of offices, full of people. If you were, but you knew the fire escape, you knew the way out, say you knew it. But would you say, because I'm not part of the fire department, I'm not a security officer, I'm not a policeman, therefore it's not my job to point to the door. Would that be right? No. Would, not, would any of us ever think like that? No. All of us are responsible. We are all responsible. Amen? We do not need a title to follow Jesus. Amen? And he said to us, go, go, please go. Can you hear his heart cry? Go into all the world. Go and tell them the good news. He did not die in vain. Salvation is available to everybody. There is nobody that it is not available to. All we have to do is believe and receive. Amen? Amen. So we have a responsibility. In Romans 10, 13 and 14, Romans 10, 13 and 14, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. As we established in the beginning, we cannot expect Jesus to appear in person. We cannot expect an angel to come down and do the job. Pre the preaching of the gospel has been given to us. That is our commission, Amen. the great commission that has been committed to us. And whether we be a firefighter, a police officer, a security guard or not, we need to show people the way, yeah. the escape. Amen? Amen? So, some would say, but I'm not ready. But what did the Lord say? In Psalm 8 verse 2, Psalm 8 verse 2, he said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, a suckling is a nursing infant, mm -hmm. have you ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. He ordained strength out of the mouth of babes. How much does a babe know? Mm -hmm. 
and then here in Mark, Mark 5, 18 and 19. Mark 5, 18 and 19. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. I mean, Jesus should have known better. Uh, didn't he know that, that he, this man was not ready? How many scriptures do you think he had memorized? How many Bible studies do you think he had attended? How many church services had he sat in on? But Jesus said, go, go tell. Amen. So, he was to go tell, he was to go and testify. Now, if you are called to court to testify about something, yeah. must you go home and study books and learn things or what? No. When you testify, you tell of that which you know. Yeah. You tell of what you have seen and heard and experienced. And uh, like it says here in 1 John 1, 1 and 2, it says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. We have all been born again. We have all gone through that, <coughs> gone through that fire escape, that door. Amen? Amen? Therefore, we know enough to show and point the way for others. Share your testimony. Share how you came to know the Lord. What, did, what made you decide to open your heart? Amen? So, um, so we see that they were testifying what they knew. And we are called to testify what we know. In Jeremiah 1, 6 and 7, Jeremiah 1, 6 and 7, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. He might well say, They won't respect me, or I don't know enough or whichever other excuse. But the Lord said to me, don't say I am a youth, for you shall go to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. So whatever I command you, do you know that the Holy Spirit in the time of Jeremiah was not able to be in him. It could come upon him, be with him. But today, today, the Holy Spirit is not just with us, but in us. We have the power of God with us 24-7. Therefore, do not say, I can't. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Amen. I also want to just share one sobering thought, that while we hesitate and while we hold back, Muslims are very busy spreading so their false religion, yeah. which is causing many to stumble into yeah. hell. In fact, even here in St. Lawrence Pass, they're busy setting up a stronghold. Our time is short. Don't think, I'll go tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Amen? So, if you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, 
All of us, we have a measure of the Holy Spirit. When we have Jesus, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. But we can have an infilling and an overflowing. And if you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, we can do that today. We can pray with you to get filled with the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is ask. The same way you receive Jesus Christ, you qualify just by asking and believing. Amen? Amen. So Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. It didn't say you shall do witnessing. Be. Your whole life. Your whole life is going to be a witness. Yeah. You are changed. You testify time and again, sir, that people realize and see the change in you. Mm. Like, like Shane, our lead pastor, often says, your life is a pulpit. You don't need a wooden thing like this to preach the gospel. Yeah. Your whole life, Amen. your life is a pulpit. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So, so he said, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem. That means start right where you are. They were in Jerusalem. You start, we start right where we are. And in Judea, we increase our sphere of influence and go further. And in Samaria, Samaria was a potentially hostile area for the Jews. But we go, amen? And unto the uttermost part of the earth, in fact, be open to wherever the Lord might want to send you. But start where you are. Amen. You know, someone once told me, if you cannot be a missionary where you are, if you cannot preach the gospel right here, right now, just shipping you across the ocean, it's not going to make you a missionary. Don't think, oh, if I travel to the mission field, then. No, if you're not going to be one here, you're not going to be one there. It starts right here where we are. Amen? Amen. Amen. John 16, 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. He will what? Guide you. Guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. There are innumerable testimonies of people sharing the gospel. And all of a sudden they hear themselves saying things like that. Even they themselves are astonished. Where did that come from? It's the Holy Spirit working with us and through us. But we have got to open our mouths and begin. Yeah. He's not going to force our mouth open. Mm. Come. That is like whoever will. You come. You open your mouth and then he will fill it. In fact, there is a scripture. I should have gotten the reference of that, but it says, open your mouth, and I will fill it. Open your mouth, begin to speak. And just as a little side note, it's the same for speaking in tongues. Yeah. Some get filled with the Holy Spirit and say, but I never got the gift of tongues. But you never opened your mouth. Yeah. You never primed the pump, so to speak. Priming the pump, you know what that is, right? In, in the old farms, they had this outside pump. You had to go... But sometimes you find it, you pour a little water into it to help it get started. And that pouring a little bit of water, that could be you just starting in your own understanding, so to speak. And then just let it flow. Then comes the flow. But you've got to find the pump, you've got to get started. Amen? The same in witnessing, the same in speaking in tongues. We are in a relationship. God will not do it all. And we cannot do it all. We have to work together. Amen? Amen. Psalm 51, 
Psalms 81, 10. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Psalm 81, 10. Thank you, Oh, now, in Matthew 10, 19. Matthew 10, 19. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak. For it will be given you in that hour what you should speak. Now, this obviously talks about persecution being delivered up to the authorities. But... The principle is the same. You come face to face with somebody and it will be given you in that hour what to speak. You don't know what they need before you begin to engage. But the Lord will work with you. Amen? He's not sending you alone. He's in you. He's in you. And he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So even if, say somebody does, many times, I know for myself, when I started out, I was afraid of getting embarrassed of people here because I would be the one taking the attacking initiative, beginning to speak to them about the Lord. What now if they asked me difficult questions that I could not answer? I was afraid of the embarrassment. You know that's just born out of pride, right? So, but we are to walk humbly with our boss. We have to forsake that pride. But when that happens, we can take it two ways as a stumbling stone, where I'm never going to do that again. That was so embarrassing. I don't want to do it. Or as a stepping stone. What did they ask me? What was it I didn't know the answer to? Hey, brother, tell me. Somebody asked me this. What would you have answered? What is the answer? What does the Bible say? Make sure that whatever counsel you're given is rooted in the Bible. Yeah. Right? But this, this now gave me a new hunger to learn. Ah, what is the answer to that? And then you take it as a stepping stone and it causes you to grow. Yeah. There's no better way to grow than to begin to pour out, begin to minister. Let the questions come. Yeah. And like the two little boys, <clears throat> they said, me and my brother can answer any question you want. Yeah. The guy said, ah, oh, really? Well, he said, yeah, only most of them are going to be I don't know. <laughs> Let's not be afraid, if so, to say, I don't know, but I'll find out. Meet yeah. me again at such yeah. and such, and I will come back to you with an answer. Yes. By the grace of God. Yeah. Do not be shamed. Do not be put off of afraid of not knowing. But I also want to remind you that faith comes, faith is of the heart. We are not out to win arguments. It's not about <laughs> winning arguments. It's about sharing our faith. Amen. And someone once told me, all you need to do to deliver a soul out of hell is to know John 3.16. And you know that I was actually out one day, and basically John 3.16 was all I did know, but I had memorized it, yeah. and I quoted it to this one guy, and he was like, ah, yes, yes. And then I, I had a partner, I go, come here, come here, come here. And so he was able to help me to lead this guy to the Lord. But honestly, I said, oh, they said that's all I need to know. Fine, I know it. Let me tell you that. And yeah. she said, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, come, 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 please help. <laughs> but I learned that day. I learned how to take the next step. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So you start, I had, I sat home and think, oh, I don't know, I don't know enough. I wouldn't have known what is that step that I don't know. 
I stepped out and I needed that uh, step that I didn't know. Yeah. And I got it and I got that under my belt. Yeah. And next time I was stronger. Yeah. Amen? Amen. So let's not be uh, afraid of stepping out. Do we know John 3.16 yet? Sorry, say. Do we know John 3.16? Do we know John 3.16? Yes. Let's say it all together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son Well done, well done. I actually want to say something about John 3.16. It says, for God so loved. That now shows God's uh, nature. The nature of God is love. That he gave, that shows his character. He's a giving, in fact, very generous, generous father. Amen? And he, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, he has a plan. He has a purpose for our lives. And it's a good plan. So we actually learn there is a lot in John 3.16. Memorize John 3.16. Take that step. Be bold. Just go out. What? I will not fear what man can do unto me. If God before me, who can be against me? So what if I lose a little bit of pride? Oh, embarrassment. I don't know. I'm tongue-tied. Doesn't matter. I now know what it is that I don't know. And I can now go and find it out. Amen? Amen? And I can grow. I can become stronger. Whereas if I never leave the house, I can sit and think that I know that I know. But I don't. I can deceive myself. It says to be doers of the word. Not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because as long as I do nothing with it, maybe I think, I'm so strong, I know so much. But, yeah. So I want to share... Uh, Okay, about sharing our testimony. We said that Jesus told him to go tell. Now, how do I share my testimony? I'll give you three simple points. Okay? Before. What was my life like before I met the Lord? But now I want to say, so like I used to be a drug addict. But now, when I tell my testimony, I don't want to glorify my past life. Yes. I'm not going to get into talking yeah. about what drugs I took and what trips I was on and blah, 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 blah. That's not what's important. I give enough information for people to feel, okay, I know you, right? And then I share about how I came to know the Lord. So-and-so talked to me and said such-and-such, and I... Like in my particular case, somebody told me, and I was like a real atheist. I said, uh, I can't pray. And they said, if everything that is written in the Bible, if it is true, and you pray, you gain everything, because you gain your life. But if it's not true, and you pray, what have you lost? So there's nothing to lose and everything to gain. So in my unbelieving state, I was like, so Lord, if you are true, please do come in and show me. And he showed me. Amen? Amen. So, so you lost what? The drugs? <laughs> oh, yeah, the Lord. I, you know, I had, okay, very quickly short testimony. 
Now I'm on the spot. I had actually, <laughs> one time I had mixed drugs. I had passed out, hospitalized from there to rehab. Uh, was there for three months old that if I found a job while there, I could go back after three months, go back home. I went back home. I had decided I'm never going to touch the drugs again because I don't want to go through what I've just gone through. I got back, got back with my old friends right away, got right back into the drugs. Right? So when I found Jesus, I started going every day. I had daily Bible studies, daily Bible studies. I memorized the word. I was just being helped by these people who led me to the Lord. But two weeks later, I ran into a friend that I used to do drugs with. And he offered me drugs. And I was realizing, I was like, no, thank you. I had not even thought about drugs. Now, some people, when I told my testimony, said, ah, you just decided you didn't want to then. No, you know, when I just decided, I didn't have the character. I didn't have the strength. My willpower wasn't strong enough. But when I got Jesus, like they said, how do you replace an old love and new love? Amen. I fell in love with Jesus. And I got higher on Jesus than I've ever been on drugs. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So what we do when we tell our testimony, we, we briefly touch on what our life was like before, how we met the Lord, and after. We especially want to emphasize the impact that Jesus has had on our life. That Jesus said, he didn't go, he did not tell the demon-possessed man, go and describe your cave life to everyone. Was that what he told him? He said, no, he said, go and tell of the great things that God has done for you. Amen? You and I, we know that. We know what we have seen and heard and experienced personally. How Jesus, I don't have to have 1,500 Bible verses memorized to know what Jesus has done for me in my life. I, in fact, Jesus said to Jeremiah, don't tell me I'm too young. He said, out of the babes and mouth of babes and sufferings, I have then strength. And he said to that demon, no, you go home and tell them. Go tell them. He didn't say, go to Bible school for three years, and then maybe you can begin to tell. He told him immediately. And as I said, how many scriptures do you think he had memorized? How many Bible studies? How many church services? But he said, go home and tell. Go tell what you know. He knew. He knew that he knew that his life was definitely changed. And we don't have to have a big deliverance from demons. We know what happened to us. We know that in your heart. You know once Jesus is there. You know the comfort. You know the reassurance. You know the love. Amen? Okay, so Colossians 1.13 says, Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we know that we have been changed, we have been translated out of that dark kingdom. We've been rescued out of that burning building. Amen? We know enough to tell others that there is a way out. And then Mark 5, okay, yeah. So we emphasize, we go home and tell of the great things God has done. Not our old lives, that's not what people need to hear. 
they need to hear the great things that God has done. Amen? Amen. Now, so here are some key scriptures to use to help us lead people to the Lord. We already know John 3.16. That is the key verse to the Bible. And then we have Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. And it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. What was that? Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It is important that we speak for our faith, that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. It's not enough to confess without the belief in our heart, and it's not enough to have the belief in our heart without the confession. We need both. Amen? And Matthew 10, 32 and 33 says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, that is out loud, amen, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father which is in heaven. So there again about confessing, confessing. and Proverbs 18, 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So it's not enough to just think it. Say it. Speak it forth. And whoso loveth will eat its fruit. So there's a lot of power in the words we say. We know from, from uh, Mark 4 that our words are like seeds that will grow and produce and bring forth a harvest. And in James 3, it says that our tongue is like a steering wheel, like it steers. With our tongue, we steer our lives. So, we won't get into that. So now, what time do I have? Okay. So now, once people receive the Lord, once they have received the Lord, it says in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That means that when you just receive the Lord, you are like a brand new baby in the spirit. Yeah. What do we do with a brand new baby? Do we just say, welcome into the world, now you've been born, goodbye, and walk away and leave that brand new baby alone? No, no. what's going to happen if we do? And it dies. It must be fit, right? So we are not just to go around and have a lot of spiritual babies and then leave them to die. Yeah. Now we need to feed them. They need to be fed in order to grow strong and be able to lead fruitful lives. So, yes? Oh no, I thought you were going to So one thing we can help, we can help them to do, if we do what Jesus did, Go tell. Encourage them to share. To tell somebody how they have just received the Lord. That in itself will reinforce the experience they've had with the Lord. Yeah, just we will not read that again. And then we can start, we can start meeting up with them. Encourage them to start praying, reading the word. 
uh, and connecting okay, and connecting with their new family. Like you can, one thing I want to say, when you leave a soul to the Lord, don't just tell them come to church. Yeah. Most likely they're not going to come to church. You need to connect with them. You need to establish a friendship. Try to relate to them. Find common ground. Is there something you have in common? And then connect with them and build a friendship. Say, let's meet again. I'd like to meet with you again. And then before you meet with them again, prepare to share some word with them. Even if it's just the truth that you just learned when coming to church, or if you know the basic salvation verses, but have something to feed them and share with them to help strengthen their faith. Amen? Amen. And then encourage them, as we said before, to, to uh, tell their friends and family. In fact, what you can do, you can meet with them, and then you can say, do, do you know someone who doesn't know the Lord? Why don't you invite them to your place and I will come and together we can minister to them. And also you, Jesus sent his disciples two by two. Find a brother or sister in the Lord that you can go with. Say, but you want to come with me? Let's minister to these people. Tima, but don't depend on people coming to church. Many people will tell you, yeah, yeah, I'll come to church. And they won't come to church. Yeah. Depend on connecting with them, establishing a friendship, yeah. a relationship. You go to them, you tell them, if you have somebody, invite, somebody, invite that somebody to your place and I will come and we will minister. Amen? Because honestly, we are running out of time. It's like the world is like on fire. Like Many people, we have no guarantee of tomorrow. We have no guarantee of tomorrow. You who live in this village, you've seen many untimely deaths. And we need to reach the people while we have that window of opportunity. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Uh, so Luke 10.1 said that the Lord sent them two by two. So that is why the Lord, that strength. One can chase a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. That's what the Bible says. So we are strong when we are together. Two by two. So 2 Timothy 2.2 2 says, and so because now how are we going to go about it? It says, the things that you have heard from me, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Tell them what you know, what you have learned, and encourage them to share with others what you share with them. And now when you come here on a Sunday, taking notes, like Sister Marquis is doing, is very useful and many of you are doing, but bring a notebook, bring a pen, and think of who can I share this with? Who really needs to help, to be helped? Who can I minister to? And then start praying for them daily. Pray for the, pray for them. And Colossians, 9, Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. The power of prayer, amen? And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, 
that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let's commit to praying for the people we lead to the Lord. Amen? Amen. And before we meet up with them again, let's pray and ask the Lord to lay in our hearts whatever this person might need to hear. And then just uh, now, last but not least, is on obedience. So the, how did the early church grow? We hear in the book of Acts, they were obedient to the word of the Lord. It says, and he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There is nobody who does not deserve to hear the gospel. You know, I used to do a lot of street witnessing, and I used to look at the people, and I used to say, oh, no, I don't want to go to that one. But the Lord told me, that is not your decision. Don't decide whether you think that person is going to receive or not. If I tell you go, you go. And I was surprised time and again. Amen. People that I thought for sure would reject me ended up receiving, and people that I thought that for sure would receive ended up rejecting. So let's not lean to our own understanding. Let's not make the decision for them. Let's allow them to make their own decision. Amen? Amen. And John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. What is his commandment? Go, go, please go, I beg you, go. I want to say that if it was my soul that was hanging in the balances, I really hope that whoever had that opportunity to reach me would find me a worthy cause. Amen? Amen. And in John 13, 17, he says, If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. If you know the heart cry of God, his call to help him reach his dying children, if you do go for it, he is going to bless you, be with you, anoint you, and keep you, and cause you to bear much fruit. Amen? We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.